This is episode 115, Friendship Expiration Dates and Building Confidence with Claire. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to another coaching episode of Over It and On With It. And this episode is going up the day before Thanksgiving. And what a perfect time to tell you how grateful I am to all of our listeners. Every time I record the episode, I feel you all and I love our community and I love getting feedback from all of you. And I love everyone who's called in and shared so vulnerably on the show. I'm grateful to each and every one of you for listening. I'm grateful that you share, but most of all, I'm grateful that you're committed to growth The more and more of us that consume this kind of information and apply it and are willing to be vulnerable, are willing to take responsibility for our lives, are willing to no longer be victims, the more we are really changing the world. So I'm grateful to you for being a fellow seeker, a fellow light worker, someone who's willing to consume this kind of information because a lot of what we talk about is hard on the show. A lot of what we talk about is deep and a lot of what I encourage you and and myself, believe me, I have to remind myself to take my own advice is not easy all the time. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not only for listening, not only for sharing about the show and spreading the show, but for being the change you want to see in the world. And I want to acknowledge our listener of the week. I always like to acknowledge someone who left a rating or review. This is from Angie when she wrote, I just started following you and your podcast. Thoroughly enjoy it. You're a pleasure to listen to and your advice does work. I was listening just the other day to an episode on how to get happy. I was not feeling it, but as I stopped for another errand, I thought I'd take the advice and I'll try to make people smile and improve the entire experience. Thanks again, Angie. Well, thank you, Angie, for listening, and I'm so glad that you took that advice and it improved your day. All right, so question for all of you, and really think about this. If you talked to your friends like you often talk to yourself in your own head, would you have any friends? Seriously, we're not always good friends to ourselves, and sometimes that is reflected back to us in our friendships, like it is with my caller today, Claire. One of her friendships has just reached what I like to call an expiration date, and she's learning some valuable lessons from it. Just like romantic relationships end, but provide us with massive learning and healing opportunities, the same goes for friendships. Yet we tend to hold on to friendships just a little longer because, well, we don't have to see that person as much, so we justify putting up with it, or we think we need to just stay in the friendship because we've had history with this person, or quite frankly, we just don't have the guts to end it because we don't want to upset somebody. But again, just like you don't want to stay in an unhealthy romantic relationship, you don't want to stay in a friendship that's not healthy or really no longer serves either one of you. So as you were listening to this call with Claire, whose initial question was about her career until we discovered the correlation to friendship, consider, are you compartmentalizing your life? Like you're stuck in one area, 
like Claire was in her career, and can't figure out why, but maybe there's an unresolved issue in another area of your life that you're not dealing with. And back to that initial question I asked you, if you talk to any of your friends like you often talk to yourself, or you treated your friends like you often treat yourself, would you have any? Probably not. Next is your confidence down. Do you often find yourself on the receiving end of criticism or just random rude comments from people? Do you have any friendships that have passed their expiration date and are no longer healthy for you to continue? And speaking of healthy, I want to talk to you about a healthy way to release weight and optimize your well-being. It's with Noom. So if you've tried to release weight, you know crash diets don't work and they're just not good for you. We've talked about that on the show, but what's the alternative? Where do you find the kind of guidance and support that is both healthy and long-term results focused? Well, you can find it at Noom. Noom is a modern weight release program that turns temptations into behavior breakthroughs. You'll get a customized course designed by psychologists, nutritionists, and physicians all on your phone. This is way more than logging meals. Noom uses psychology, we love that, to replace your bad habits with new healthy ones without making you feel deprived. You get 24-7 access to your personal coach and support group, so there's a community and coaching aspect to it. Over two-thirds of Noom users experience transformational weight loss within just 16 weeks. Just give it 10 minutes a day. Noom is clinically proven by the British Medical Journal to help people release weight and keep it off. Join the 45 million people who've already taken the first steps toward their new lifestyle with Noom. Go to noom.com slash over it, N-O-O-M.com slash over it right now to get your first two weeks of Noom for free, plus up to 50% off your subscription. That's noom.com slash over it to start your two weeks free trial and get half off on your subscription. And now on to my coaching session with Claire. Claire, welcome to the show. What's your question? All right. Well, my question is, I've been feeling very stuck for the last oh, four months or so. I quit my job kind of with the intention of taking some time to regroup and do some traveling. And I was really excited about that. And then um, some unexpected things happened that kind of threw me off course a little and it's been really hard to um get back get back to where I want to be. What happened? Well, I went to France with a couple of, of my dear friends and there was a an epic falling out mm. <laughs> that occurred which was not at all expected. So it, it was very painful. Yeah. It sounds like it's still painful. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be why you're stuck. Yeah. Although this, how I'm feeling stuck has more to do with um, my career and that. Well, but we can't compartmentalize ourselves. Okay. So since there's emotion, well, it sounds to me like there's emotion coming up around the friend things. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So where is that hurting still? Um, I think it hurts mostly because it felt very out of my control and it was such a a shock to me. Mm -hmm. Can you just briefly, I don't need the whole story, but briefly tell me what happened. 
Well, yeah, I can. So it, it kind of started in a in a way that I thought would be easily resolved. I'm an African-American and we were out dancing and someone said something very inappropriate to me about the color of my skin. And so I got upset and I, I told them I wanted to go home. And I was like, you stay, I'll, I'll just leave and um, I'll meet up with you at back where we're staying and it'll be fine. And one of them told me that it was all in my head and that I was making it up. And that was very painful mm-hmm. here. It's not something that I would ever do. And it was, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was hurtful. Um, and then um, our other friend just kind of flew off the handle and just kind of told me a whole bunch of horrible things about how she, everything always revolves around me and that she was very jealous for me and how she could never be happy for me. And I, I took it with a, a grain of salt because I, I, um, she had been drinking and I was like, well, maybe she didn't mean it. And, and the next morning I, I woke up kind of expecting her to apologize and it to be fine. And she just stuck with it. And I just, I couldn't believe it. And you don't know me, but I've never, I guess I've never been accused of that sort of stuff before. And, and to have two people that I hold dear in my heart say things like that to me, um, kind of out of the blue, really really hurt a lot. And what do you feel you were accused of? I mean, just, just causing them, them distress and, and pain in particular, the, the uh, second friend, just, she, she was mad at me, you know, just, she just, and she made me feel like I was, I don't know, trying to, diminish her and break her down. And I don't know if, I don't know why, I don't know why to this day she would say that Mm -hmm. and, and and what she was referring to. Well, you mentioned the word jealous. What do you think she's jealous of? And that's something that I also, I mean, I, I asked her that I, I, I don't understand why you're, why you're jealous of me. And she, and she just didn't have any good answers or, or it didn't bring any clarity to the situation. So. Okay. Okay. So this happened how long ago? This happened in June. So, okay. So it's been several months. I'm sure you've given mm-hmm. some thought to this and I know yeah. that we can't get in other people's head and, and there's a lot of unknown, but there's always insights when we reflect on something. And if you look at yeah kind of why you think this happened, are you able to come up with anything? What insights have um, you had about it? Well, there there've been a couple, I guess. You know, the friend who who told me I was making things up, she'd been going through a really hard time. And I think that with her that she just, you know, wasn't being sensitive and and wasn't thinking about it. Mhm really when she, when she said, so that one I've, you know, I've been able to move past that one pretty easily. And then what happened with the other friend, I just, I kind of made me look back on our friendship and I did notice a lot of little things that I guess maybe 
could have been warning signs to this. Um, we've been friends for about 10 years, but you know, there'd be times where she'd show up to my house and we we're going to go out to dinner and she would, you know, I thought I looked great. And she'd go, you're really going to wear that, you know, just put, put downs. Um, or, you know, you're never going to get a, a job if you quit your job right now. You know, mm-hmm. you never, no one ever wants to hire someone who, who has a, you know, a gap in their, in their, um, mm-hmm. work experience and, you know, and like Claire, that. who, um, who does she remind you of? Um, sometimes it can like, be someone in our life or sometimes it can be an aspect inside ourselves. Yeah. And yeah, now that you say, say that inside yourself, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And I can be pretty uh, mean <laughs> to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and did that come criti- from... Critical. Did that develop because you had a critical parent or did that develop because of social reasons? How did your inner critic develop? Because they all have kind of an origin story because they think they're helping us. They think they're protecting us in some way. So do you have a sense of where yours was catalyzed? My parents weren't really critical, I wouldn't say. And sometimes we can model, like sometimes if we have a parent that's critical of themselves, we then Uh learn that behavior. I guess my, I mean, my mom, my mom's critical of herself, but only in superficial ways. So maybe it was from somewhere else. I, I've always been hard on myself, Mm -hmm. but they've always told me not to be. So my, (laughs) my instinct, it's not from them. Mm-hmm. It could just be a a learned habit um, that wanting to feel loved and accepted or something. And how does being critical of yourself help you feel loved and accepted? I guess, I mean, it doesn't really, but I guess maybe in my mind, I think if I'm better at something or if I'm a better person or better at this or that, that I will being more accepted and and Mm -hmm. loved by other people. So your inner critic helps you like improve yourself. It motivates you to be quote unquote better. Yes, I guess that's true. So that's its kind of purpose. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I get that. So can you see that in a lot of ways you have drawn in this friend? She's a mirror. Hmm. She's a mirror and she's reflecting back to you how you are with yourself (laughs) and showing you where you reject yourself, where you criticize yourself, where you lack confidence. And what's great about having an external mirror about that is sometimes we need, we need it to realize how painful it is because we become so used to our own self-abuse that we don't Mm -hmm. realize what we're doing. And oftentimes it takes feeling really hurt by someone else to wake us up to the fact that we're doing that inside ourselves and it's really painful. Mm-hmm. So the kind of friend that she's being to you in a lot of ways is, is how you are inside yourself. And from my point of view, this directly correlates to why you're feeling stuck in your career because your inner critic it sounds like it perpetuates a feeling of not feeling confident 
because it's always trying to make you better. It's always kind of going, is that enough? Are you really going to wear that? You know, it's evaluating your behavior. Like you do something, you say something, then the inner critic pipes in and it's like, oh, you could have done better. You shouldn't have said that or that was stupid. Does this sound familiar? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to a career or anything, whether it's career or dating or, or whatever, starting something new and getting momentum requires confidence. It requires believing in ourselves. But most likely why you feel stuck is because you don't have that confidence that you really need to move you forward. And what's so amazing is you've created this situation with your friend to really illuminate that for you and show you what needs to be addressed so that you can get momentum Mm -hmm. and so that you can move forward with confidence. That makes sense. Yeah. So where are you with the friend now? I reached out to her a couple times and just said, can we sit down and talk about this? This is about a month after. Um, and I never, I mean, she, she messaged me back once and, um, but it wasn't anything nice. And then I tried again and nothing. Mm -hmm. So, so could you accept that perhaps this friendship has reached its expiration date? Yes. And, And I, I think I have, I really do. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Exactly. Exactly. But here's how you're going to get past the hurt. See, you're taking this personally rather than using it for your growth. Mm -hmm. Instead of leveraging it, you're taking it personally. And that's also true. Yeah. There's, there's a couple ways when things like this happen, we can, we can take it personally to our detriment or we can take it personally to our growth. We take it personally to our detriment when we make it mean we did something wrong. The person doesn't like it. And ooh, ouch, my feelings got hurt. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. saying your feelings didn't get hurt. I I get that and I have compassion for that. And it was months ago and I'd love to support you in pulling out of this because you're giving this person a lot of power. That's true. So the other way we take it personally is we're like, what is the personal mirror here for me? What is the personal lesson? How is this person reflecting back to me something I need to see? And what is the gift? Because after we have our initial feelings and our initial grief about something, we've got to kind of move out of the I have hurt feelings place and go Mm -hmm. into what's here for me to learn. And because you've kind of been in the, I'm in the hurt feelings place and you've taken this a lot personally and it's made you question yourself, that's impacted your confidence, which has impacted career momentum. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I didn't really think I was feeling much of the hurt anymore until we started talking about it. Yeah. Well, that happens sometimes when we're in a conversation where some part of us knows we're in a safe space, you know, and I always set the intention before I get on the call that whatever's for the highest good comes forward, which is often why the question people think they're going to ask and the topic they think they're going to talk about is different from what actually ends up coming up because whatever you need most is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. 
And what's so great is that the emotion came forward. So we knew right away what we needed to talk about. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this, Claire, how, how much do you let other people, the way other people see you affect you? Because even the, would it be fair to call it a racist comment that was made to you? Okay. So even that, that racist comment, I honor your decision to leave the situation. I honor that and I'm not challenging that at all. But can you see that there's sort of a trend of things coming at you, things being said to you that sort of take you down and that you take really personally and that hurt? Yes. Right? So does that mean that you're just sort of like a victim of mean people? No, I, and I wouldn't call myself a victim. Great. What would you say? Um, I would say that I definitely don't always feel, I don't always feel attacked by other people and I don't let always let what other people say affect me. But I have noticed that I do go through cycles sometimes mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I am very sensitive to Right. Outer influences. And those cycles may correlate to times in your life where you feel a little less confident and a little unsure. Like this mm-hmm. is happening during a time of your life where you left your job and you were in uncertainty. And that's that's a scary time. Yeah. And often in those scary times, the times we need self-compassion most are when the inner critic flares up the most. Uh-huh. So if you kind of look at sort of the, the what's coming toward you and the degree to which you're taking it personally, it's feedback for you of, of Claire, like this isn't, this isn't the way to be with yourself during this time. It's painful. And you've probably heard me say this on the show before. We have to be very mindful of not using self-criticism, being hard on ourselves to motivate us. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. I know that it probably felt really good to have some time off and to go to France. Was there any part of you that felt guilty about it? Actually, I I didn't feel guilty. And although, yes, I, I was devastated by the experience, I actually had a very good time there. Great. Um, and after whatever happened between us, I mean, I did spend a lot of time by myself, but I, but I was able to enjoy it. Where as me, when I was younger, would not have have ever been able to. So, I mean, I actually had some pride from it too. That's awesome. So, tell me more about that. How are you able to shift into shift from being hurt to enjoying yourself? How'd you do that? Um, well, this is, this is a little bit corny, but it's an exercise my dad always told us to do whenever we were sad. And so, um, you just have to list 50 things that you're grateful for Mm. and you can't stop even if they're, you know, I'm grateful for, I don't know, um, water, Mm -hmm. anything you have to, you can't stop until you reach 50. So honestly, I just walked along the river and I would do that. And it just, 
I made sure it was central around that trip, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm grateful for this experience and mm-hmm. this and that. And it helped a lot. Okay, um, great. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to make a list of 50 things that you're grateful for about you. Not about blessings you have in your life, but 50 things that are just awesome about you that you're grateful for. They can be characteristics. They can be awesome hair. They can be your sense of humor. They can be your taste in music. They can be the way you're compassionate with yourself, like whatever, but they have to be about you. Okay. Could you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Because the reason I asked that question is because I was curious as to if you could allow yourself to enjoy yourself even when this was going on. And the answer was yes. So you pulled Mm -hmm. yourself out of that. So Claire, that's momentum. That's momentum. That is. I was going to say, I guess, um, I guess I haven't had much or felt much of that though since. And I'm, I guess I'm wondering how to get that back. Well, a lot of it has to do with what we're talking about. Right. So you were able to get yourself momentum and, and enjoy the trip because you had a purpose. The purpose mm-hmm. was, I don't want this to destroy my trip. Mm-hmm. But then kind of when you got back, there wasn't that same purpose. You know what I mean? There wasn't that same kind of incentive mm-hmm. and sort of the, the hurt feelings started to creep in and take you down a bit, affect your confidence a little bit. So really the kind of the momentum here is to get you back into being a really great friend to yourself, looking at how this person is a mirror to you and Mm -hmm. shifting how you are with yourself, being like a really great friend to yourself. Because that's going to, like the kinder we are to ourselves, the better we are to ourselves as a friend, the more confident we feel. Just think about it. Like if a parent continually criticizes a child, are they going to feel confident? No. If a parent reinforces a child and encourages them, gives them the freedom to make their own choices and figure things out, are they going to feel confident? Yes. Right. So can you see how you're parenting to yourself and relating to yourself and friending yourself in a way that's perpetuating more insecurity than confidence? I do, yeah. And do you see how that could keep you stuck? Definitely, yeah. Great. Great. So here's what we know for sure. You had hurt feelings, rightfully so. Some mean things were said to you, both by that stranger and your friends. Mm -hmm. You've cried your tears about it. You felt the emotion about it. Rightfully so. It stings. It's an ouch. But now you can look at What's the lesson? How is this a projection? How is this a mirror? You can look at your friend and say, you know what? Well, obviously you're not going to say this to her face, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Um, This friendship has reached an expiration date, but she's such a blessing. Thank God that she was so critical to me. Thank God it happened in a way that it hurt enough to get my attention. So I can look at how I can be a better friend to myself. We also know that you are capable of shifting. And you are capable of getting unstuck. You did it in France. You just had a bigger why. So now what's left for us to discuss, 
Oh, and one more thing. You're going to write that list of the 50 things you're grateful for about you. That will help with the confidence part and start to give you momentum. So now what we need to look at is what's your why in terms of your career? Like, why do you want to get unstuck? Well, one is financial reasons that I need to go back to work. What else? I mean, I do like working. I, I've been having some hard times um, with, with the career that I've chosen, but there's so much about it that I love. So I'm trying to figure out a way to make it work. And why exactly do you feel stuck? Well, I mean, I feel stuck for a couple of reasons. I think one is absolutely true. Like my self-confidence tanked. Mm-hmm. And then um, also I'm, I'm a chef. I cook for a living and I've discovered that I don't really enjoy certain uh, venues of, of the job or certain parts of the job. I've worked in kitchens that are, you know, more aggressive and I'm, or it more stressful and I'm looking for a little bit more balance. And that's kind of been a challenge for me because the decision to, to change to this career was came later in my life and I, um, I'm newer to it. Mm-hmm. And I know it's the right career path, but I feel like I need to find the right niche. And right now I haven't found that. Okay. So you know how when people want to draw in a partner, they write a list of everything they want. And a lot of people are uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, like I drew that in. Have you done that? <laughs> Have you written out a very, very specific detailed description in present tense of what you want your job to look like? No. Okay. So that's another assignment for you. And here's what I'm also hearing in what you just said. It doesn't feel like you believe you can have it. It it doesn't believe you feel like it exists. Yes, that's true. Okay. So if I really, really, really want something and a part of me believes it doesn't exist, how likely am am I to find it? And moreover, how likely am I to have any mojo for looking for it? Like for example, we're recording this on Halloween. If all the kids knew that none of the houses had candy, how inspired would they be to go and trick or treat? Mm-hmm. Great analogy. They wouldn't. They'd be like, why yeah. am I going to carry around my pumpkin? Nobody has candy. Right. It's a nice thought, yeah. but nobody has it. <laughs> so you've got to believe that the job exists. Uh-huh. Yeah. What makes you think it doesn't? Um, past experience, past experience, maybe also not, not, um, having a good knowledge of, of other options or not being more creative with, with what possibilities I could create for myself. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that writing that list of everything that's awesome about you that you're grateful for is going to help at least with the confidence part. The next Mm -hmm. part is I want you to collect evidence for why the kind of job you want can exist. So maybe do informational interviews with other chefs or other service providers, other people in that business, or just other people that have left one thing and created another thing. Start to collect some research, start to collect evidence 
for why there is candy at the houses. Yeah. How does that sound? That sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. So on a scale of one to 10, how stuck did you feel at the beginning of this call? Gosh, very stuck. 10 probably. 10. Okay. Yeah. And now? Um, now I feel more like a five. Okay, great. Great, great, great. Okay. So that's progress. We're going the right direction. So now think about, now think about letting go of the personalization, being a really good friend to yourself, writing a list of everything that you're grateful for. That's awesome about you. Believing that the job you want can exist, writing a description of what you want it to look like, even if you don't know exact what you want it to feel like. And then starting to just do some informational interviews, having conversations with other people who have made a similar type type of change. Mm -hmm. So think about doing all of that. And then what do you think the number would be on the stuckness line after you do all that? I probably would feel unstuck. Great. Yeah. Great. So we can't get you completely to a zero right now because you've got to take some action. Yes. Does this seem like a good action plan? It does seem like a good action plan. It does. And that's what I've been struggling is I just, I feel, I've I've known that I've just needed little steps to take in order Mm -hmm. to get me out of it. And, Mm -hmm. but I just didn't know what that would be. Yeah. And can you see how the, the grief around the friendship was part of the block because of what it was doing to your confidence. Yeah. 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 It's hard to believe in our dreams if we don't feel confident and we're taking things personally and we're carrying around hurt and we're internalizing other people's doubt. We start to Mm -hmm. question ourselves when people question us and we take that personally. Yes. So give her doubt and her criticism back to her. Find that loving friend inside yourself. Because I can tell you're mm-hmm. a really good friend. You're a really good friend. I can tell. Why don't, why don't <laughs> you receive you. that from yourself? I will receive it. I will learn to receive it. Yeah. And let's, as we wrap up here, let's get your uh, 50 item list started. And I want you to tell me three things that are just super awesome, amazing about you, Claire, that you're grateful for. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, I am very grateful that I'm able to show compassion to other people. I'm very grateful that I have a pack to do nice things for people every week. Hmm. I'm very grateful that I, I'm brave and I like to go on adventures by myself. Beautiful. I love it. How's that feeling? It feels good. Yeah. And it kind of tips the stuckness scale a little bit, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. So don't just write the list of 50 things. And also kudos to dad. That's, I love that he had you do that when you were little. That's so great. And don't just write it and like put it away, write it and read it, look at it every day. Let it be your, your gas, you know, let it be your fuel. Let it help you get your mojo back. Okay. (laughs) Thank you very much. 
Thank you, Claire, for being open and willing to go where that call took us. As you heard, her initial question was about her career, but that's not the direction we went. That's a huge thing I've learned as a coach to listen between the lines and follow the energy and emotion that comes up rather than stick to an agenda. Something I notice newer coaches do, and I'm sure I did this in my first few years of coaching, is to be really committed to answering the client's question rather than allowing the session to go wherever it needs to go. So coaches, drop your agenda. Drop your desire to please your client by answering their initial question or get the result they quote unquote want. The best way to be an amazing coach is to listen and follow the line of energy that comes up. That's how you're going to serve your clients the best. And now back to Claire. You heard the emotion that came up around her friendship and how this particular friend was often critical of her, which was a projection of how she was with herself. So I asked her, who does this remind you of? And that question can be an actual person in our life, or it can be an aspect inside ourselves. And for her, it was an aspect inside herself. Remember, people are mirrors and often it takes someone else to wake us up and it has to hurt. You know, it has to come from someone that matters. And just like we have different kinds of romantic relationships that trigger us in different ways, we have different kinds of friendships. And this friend isn't bad. This friend has really served her because her behavior, the way she treated Claire, hurt bad enough for Claire to look at, whoa, what is this showing me inside myself? And it showed her her own inner critic. It showed her the kind of friend she was being inside herself. And that directly correlates to why she feels stuck in her career. Her inner critic is keeping her stuck there. When we have a fierce inner critic, it doesn't compartmentalize. It doesn't cheer us on in the area of our career, but then pick us apart physically. It's pretty pervasive in all aspects of our life. It may be louder in certain areas, but if you got a fierce inner critic, he or she is going to act up in any area. So this inner critic, especially that was coming up around her friendships and how she was treating herself was impacting her confidence because she was still hurting. She was still personalizing this interaction with her friend and she accepted it. You know, she, she accepted it. She moved on with a trip, but it still hurt. If it wasn't still hurting, the emotion wouldn't have come forward. So she was taking it personally rather than leveraging it. We can take something personally to our detriment, or we can take it personally toward our growth. You know, at my grad school, University of Santa Monica, they always said outer experience is a reflection of inner reality. And so the challenges, the criticism that she was experiencing with her friendships were impacting not only her relationship with herself, but her confidence. And it's really hard to get unstuck in your career if you're not feeling confident. And if there's a part of you that's afraid people are going to be mean to you. The other thing I want to talk about is when we're trying to move forward, we mostly want to look to the future versus being stuck in the past and allowing old negative experiences to stop us or slow us down. But there's one exception where it's very useful to look to the past and that's to look for experiences that went well. Like when we're looking to move forward in a certain area, 
where it requires courage to look back in the past and go, wow, where have I been courageous before? Or when we want to move forward in an area that requires faith to look back in the past and go, wait, where did I take a leap of faith before? And it turned out, okay, I eventually landed on my feet. So that's why I was asking Claire about her trip to France. You know, she was able to have the experience with her friends, but shift it and still have a really great experience. So I wanted to connect her to her ability to be able to shift an experience and move forward. So that's where it's helpful to look to the past, to to really leverage when you've done something that's worked before. And then when you look to the future, you've got to believe it exists. When we got to talking about her career, we we discovered that she didn't even believe that the kind of job she wanted existed. You must believe it exists. Even if you don't know the exact form, that's okay, but you've got to believe it exists. Now, what makes you think it doesn't? You can't base your entire future on past experience. You don't know what you don't know, but you've got to believe that what you want is out there and collect evidence for why it does exist or could exist. That's why I encourage Claire to do some informational interviews. In Expectation Hangover, my last book, I talk about time traveling and I encourage you not to past hack or future trip. And past hacking means picking apart your past with regret and remorse and guilt. Again, if you're going to look towards the past, look for experiences where you've ended up where you want to be and you've proved to yourself something so that you can use those as momentum and motivation and inspiration for moving forward. And if you're going to future trip, if you're going to think to the future, instead of thinking something doesn't exist, you've got to believe it does and make up the best case scenario in your mind and your visualizations of what you want to experience. Remember, your longing is your psychic knowing. If there's something in your heart that you want, that you feel, you may not know the exact form, but that longing is your yes. So now some takeaways for you. First, do a friendship inventory. Really look at the friends in your life and go, wait a second. Is this an aligned friendship? Has this friendship passed its expiration date? And is it time to complete this relationship and move on? And sometimes you can kind of just let it phase out. And other times, maybe you need to have a conversation with your friend and say, I appreciate you. There's so many things I valued from a friendship. I feel like our values have now changed. We're moving in different directions. And I don't know that it serves either one of us to be as close as we have in the past. Now that's pretty direct. I like being direct. You can sugarcoat it a little bit if you want, but I encourage you, every thought and every person takes up energetic real estate. So if you have a friend that is just toxic and weighing you down and you bond over complaining about stuff, time to either up-level that friendship, sometimes friends are willing to grow with you, or complete it so you can make room for more aligned friendships. Next, how can you be a better friend to yourself? Please, please, please start being kind to yourself. Start being as nice and understanding to yourself as you are to your friends. You know, the golden rule do onto others as you wish done onto yourself. Well, I think we need to often do onto ourselves as we do onto others. Next, write a very detailed list of what you want in the future. Get a great picture in your mind. And if you're exploring a new career path, do some informational interviews like I suggested to Claire. And take action. 
As Claire shared, she shifted from a 10 stuckness to a five stuckness. So the awareness she discovered in the call got her halfway, but what's going to continue to get her all the way to a one or a zero is to take action steps. And finally, and I love this, I love her dad's suggestion of making a list of 50 things you're grateful for. And considering it's Thanksgiving here in the States tomorrow, I can't think of a better time to make this kind of gratitude list. So anytime you feel stuck, anytime you feel triggered, anytime you feel down in the dumps, anytime you're feeling sorry for yourself and you throw in a big old pity party, make that list of 50 things you're grateful for. Once again, I am so grateful for all of you. If you celebrate Thanksgiving, wishing you a very happy Thanksgiving, but even if you're listening in another part of the world, celebrate Thanksgiving with us. A day to be grateful is a great thing to celebrate. Much love and many blessings. What's up, guys? It's the Lady Gang Podcast, and we're very excited because Jenna Fisher, you know her, Pam from The Office, is on our show, and she's talking about her brand new book, An Actor's Life. She's also talking about the time she auditioned with Larry David and hugged him when he was trying to get her to leave the room. It's amazing. I've never been so jealous. It's one of the funniest episodes and funniest guests we've ever had on, so tune in to the Lady Gang this Tuesday, exclusively at podcastone.com or the new Podcast One app, and don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so we can feel famous. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.